Hello, this is Kumba CK, this is Connor, this is episode 15 of the podcast. Today I'm talking with David Petrashek. David is initially from the States. He has been teaching in Asia for over 20 years. He is here today to talk about his experiences in dealing with Asperger syndrome. David, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me. I yes, like it's an absolute pleasure. It's uh, of any way, we need to get the word out a little bit more, I would like to. So I'm going to actually take this and send it off to the groups I'm a part of. Yeah, of Asperger's, course. like support groups and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's key to spread awareness <clears throat> as far and as wide as we can. So just to start with, do you mind telling me a bit about your background? You're from America? Right. I'm from the States. Um, I, and even that's an Aspie thing, calling it America, because it's not really America. There's North America, Central America, South America. And I know it sounds really petty, but... Accuracy and uh, literally, literally uh, means quite a bit. You know, yeah, sure. like that's that's something we sort of cling to because there's a lot of uncertainties around, and that's something that we can. Right, I am from the states. Monologuing is another big part of it. I'll be doing that. I'm from Two Rivers, Wisconsin, town okay, of like sure. thirteen thousand, right on Lake Michigan. Beaches hundred kilometers long, clean water, so cold it'll turn your toes blue, but beautiful place. Rednecky, almost all. You know, whites and all that, pretty Trumpy, that yeah. kind of stuff. But I've lived in, um, I don't know, four different countries and maybe six or seven different states. I've hopped around quite a while. Yeah, sure. So, what brought you to Asia? Because you've been here <clears throat> over 20 years, that's quite a while. How come that, how come you decided to make the move from America to here? It's, yeah, it's, it's weird. If nobody or very few people in my town or my family even have done much traveling and it wasn't something I was accustomed to even experiencing at family meetings where people would be telling stories or something like that and this was before the internet so I didn't really have any like real access other than books um, but I was with a, a girl um, and we, we had, I had great jobs I was managing a phone bank for a lefty group um, NARAL, National Abortion Rights Action League and I was making my own jewelry and clothes on the side, and uh, my girlfriend and I were living with a couple that had Down syndrome. So we were doing pretty well, and then we got the message from the court saying that they could live on their own. That was part of our gig, was to help support them and guide them so they could live by themselves. They were high-functioning, but uh, they did need assistance. He would cheat on his diet all the time. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. But, uh, and uh, a poker game. We had a poker game and I won big over this woman from New York who was only visiting and had to leave and didn't have the cash on her. Months later, we get the call and this is about the same time when the contract was coming due. And she says, I can't pay you back, but she's a travel agent. And she said, I could get you guys one-way tickets for free, one way, from San Francisco to Singapore. Okay, mm. we were in Wisconsin. I don't know if you know. It's over a thousand kilometers. It's I wasn't like, aware. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Quite yeah. Distance, it's yeah. it's um, uh, yeah. I would. I'm probably underestimating that. It'd be like a two day drive. You know, day and night. Sure. You know. Yeah. So I mean, so getting a free ticket from San Francisco to Singapore, two of them, it was great. But the distance plus I had my other gigs going, and we talked about it and said, "Fuck it, let's go." And uh, we bought a hardcore tent and camping equipment and ended up making a thing of it because we could make the the time whenever we wanted yeah sure um i had this beat up pos subaru with a flappy front quarter panel and we drove that up and down the states from wisconsin to california it took about three and a half months mm. you know sleeping out in the tent in the, the, the winter uh bears were attacking the tent one time because i put a bunch of duct tape on that flappy quarter panel 
it was a big bump. We were at this place called Bear Country USA. Yeah, sure. And uh, I don't know if it was the smell of the, the uh, duct tape or whatever, but they glommed onto it. So yeah. anyway, we got to um, San Francisco, sold the car to her brother, and made it to Singapore. And uh, from there, we heard that there were teaching jobs available, but this is like the early 90s, like pre any smartphones or phones, cell phones at all, pre-internet, basically, you know, certainly nothing that you could go uh, access with any ease. And it was, it was, it was kind of tough traveling, went through the Rio Islands to Sumatra and just loving it, uh, hot and crazy and uh, leeches and jungle forests and shit like that, but um, ended up getting a job in Java, a place called Tangaran. And just the whole life experience being so opposite, almost like literally on the other side of the world, almost 12 hour time difference, couldn't have any more of a difference kind of an experience. And that was, uh, that got me into being into Asia. Then I went back to the States, started a business actually with some uh, handicrafts from Indonesia, um, sorbered down <laughs> and uh, came back here uh, because I just, it really seemed to click and everything I would try in the States would work hit and miss only for periods of time. Yeah, sure. Wow, that was really long. Yeah, Sorry. it's cool. No, don't worry about it. So, yeah, that's obviously your journey from, you know, the States to Asia. Uh, let's dive into Asperger's then. Sure. So, growing up, what was that like? What are your kind of early memories surrounding Asperger's? Well, see, I didn't, I didn't even know such a thing existed until, um, I don't know what year it was, but uh, have you ever heard of the movie Rain Man? Um, I've heard of it, yeah. Dustin uh, Hoffman? D- Dustin yeah, Hoffman, yeah. Cool. yeah seen and, it, actually, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have seen it. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, see, that, me, I yeah. was thinking about that uh, before coming over. Because that was a, a lot of the world's first impression of people with Asperger's or people uh, on the spectrum in general at all. And uh, I thought he played it really well. But it kind of like left the audience with, oh, it's kind of sad, it's kind of cute, it's kind of funny. And there's so much more depth to that. Um, yeah, part of my jobs in the States was working with people who had Asperger's and Down syndrome and other disabilities uh, before um, I even realized I had it myself. So it wasn't like something I grew up knowing I even was part of me. I uh, I always found life fascinating. I always was very confused about why you neurotypicals, yeah, sure. NTs we call you, um, how you just go through your life and it seems like it's just such a breeze and nothing seems to be wrong or bothering or stressful. I have three older brothers and three older sisters. Wow, okay. And a small five-room house, so we were tightly packed in there. Um, and just uh, the experience of watching. I, I, so I studied uh, psychology. I got my uh, uh, bachelor's at the uh, University of Wisconsin. Go Badgers. And um, it's just behavior that people had. Why they do it today, I still don't get it. I don't understand. I see somebody with um, Bezos' wealth. You know, a billion dollars. Why could anybody want, crave, deprive others from having? You know, he could have given all of his employees $100,000 checks and he would be the same place he was before the pandemic started. Yeah, it's astonishing. So you obviously didn't realize that growing up. When is the point where you realize that you have Asperger? Uh, Actually, the diagnosis was only less than a decade ago. Like maybe five years ago. Right, okay. Um, Yeah. Again, there too, I knew there was differences and I knew there were things that, um, well, I, I guess a big thing, the, the bane of the Asperger's existence, at least from my point, and I'm pretty sure a lot would agree, is the meltdowns. 
that's one of the, the famous things in the movie. He was famous. He had pound his head, and, yeah. and uh, he just really needed to see Judge Wapner or whatever. The routines are crucial as well, um, making sure that they have that. Um, it, to avoid the meltdowns when you get older uh, becomes part of your life every day. Like every this morning, I was actually kind of close at work. Right, I see. Um, uh, guitar playing didn't feel, and it was just sensory situations get elevated to such an extent that uh, the meltdown is sort of like a psychological seizure. You know what I mean? Sure. It's a hard thing to really explain. But, um, and it's really abusive. I do the self-abuse. Um, I have stims. Uh, Dustin Hoffman had his uh, Who's On First by Abbott and Costello. Okay, he yeah. would keep repeating. I have The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I'll go through that. I'd read it. I went through the whole thing on the bike ride on the way up. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of fun. I can put emotion into it where he couldn't in that. You learn. You have to train yourself. But I, um, I kind of knew like the way others would treat me was a bit different because, I don't know, it's hard to explain there too. I wouldn't get the same responses other people would get. Right, okay. Yeah, and it yeah. didn't really bother me. It just seemed like, okay, sometimes I could really get a laugh out of people. You yeah, know, sure. I could really uh, pull the strings and almost see what was going on, like uh, three-dimensionally. Um, the action, reaction, reaction, and, and back and forth. But there are other times when it was just like communicating with a whale. You know, we're mammals, but otherwise, hoof. Yeah. You so know. what kind of challenges do you think you've faced or people with Asperger or anything of that kind will face on a daily basis that maybe doesn't get talked about or acknowledged as much as you'd like? Um, well, for one, if you see somebody having a meltdown, do not intervene. Even if it's a child, and this is sad to say, banging his head on the floor. As much as you want to, like, grab him and, and at least think, oh, well, that'll stop. You know, that won't happen. It'll get worse. It has to run its course. They, they need a way out. When I'm teaching and the kid, I think, has it or something like that, um, I used to be a bit more hostile towards them because they could be really bothersome in class. You know, they could really be destroying a lesson for 30 kids. But instead of just kind of like closing him in like that, I would offer one thing, one out, and explain it to him. It's not a matter of stupidity, which gets viewed at often as that because people have quirky behaviors. I do the, my stim is the finger drumming thing. I'll yeah, do that sure. constantly. Others have other ones. Rocking is common, things like that. But um, just to understand that the, not only does the different not mean stupid or incapable, um, yeah, just because it, it, to allow for something that is obviously not socially normal, but not really hurting anybody. Yeah, sure. Although people with Asperger's can hurt people's feelings. We're uh, practical. I worked with this one kid, uh, I can say his first name, Brad, um, and he was a genius. He was borderline um, savant. Uh, it could just really come up with dates and things, and he is the biggest racist I know. He's got Asperger's. He found one thing that uh, some guy pushed him on a bus or something, and he looked up everything on the internet that any black person ever did that was evil. And he'd go through Uganda and the Idi Amin, all the way up through you know other things, and he'd be quoting him and saying, this is why they're bad, this is why they're bad. And it's really frustrating to you know have that out there i was out there with him and you know you have to support a person and what they're doing but like a lot of the trumpsters and stuff they're just kind of so ingrained their their shell or skin is so thick around uh 
who they are and so detached from the outside world that it's really tough to get in and say, look, why don't you try looking at it from different ways? Yeah, sure. Something that's not uh, in your norm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And so what do you think are the biggest misconceptions that society has surrounding Asperger's? Savants, what's your special skill? You know, there's some of that kind of stuff. What's your superpower? Um, uh, what was the exact question again? The misconceptions. So are there any ideas that we have surrounding what the conditions are that we See, mistake? I don't really have enough information on that because it's so rarely talked about. I don't even know what people's conceptions are. I know how my friends feel about LGBTQ um, very well, you know, to details about this is okay and this part of it is not okay. But I haven't heard anybody mention anything other than this kid's got Asperger's in my class because he does this and that. And I think a lot of those are incorrectly diagnosed, but um, who's to say, you know, without a full test or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I really don't know how to answer that because I really don't know what people think. And honestly, at work, like today, um, I was working on a PowerPoint and just jamming, not bothering anybody, just kind of have one earphone in because my phone doesn't work. And I hear that guitar playing. And um, I was like, come on, maybe it's just going to be a short thing. And then it went into like a full, bigger, and I don't know why. To me, I just think, if I'm going to do something that everybody's going to have to hear, are they going to want to have to hear it? And I would probably say no to most of the sounds I would be making, unless I'm really doing something professional, which I have in the past. I was a performer for a while. Um but yeah, and so it kind of got my blood boiling and it just got, it, it kind of has, it's like a full body press of uh, needles that you just feel um, that just kind of squeezes in a little bit more and a little bit more. And I went out for a walk and I came back and it was kind of still there. I wear this to remind me to chill out. Mm, okay. um, not for the Buddha effect, for the fact that it actually cuts out my circulation and I need to move it physically. Oh, okay, but now, and I'm reinforcing it again, like when I do this, it's to chill. And I had to go back in, and um, uh, I confronted him, and it wasn't a big thing, you know. I'm sure to everyone, it was, I, I actually don't know. That's a part of it, too. I can't read the other side of the coin. Right, sure, okay. So I don't know, people are now, they think that I'm a dick because I did that, or it was that no big deal, he was making some noise, he asked him to stop, and that's over. I really don't know. Like, you would probably have an idea of, is that okay, is this something cool, you know, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't have that common... Uh, general unspoken knowledge of, right, okay, of yeah, behavior yeah. amongst each other. I don't really socialize. Sure, okay. So um, I'm not against it, but like three, four people kind of max beyond that, it's uh, a lot of it has to do with stimulation. Uh, it's easy to get overstimulated. And not just with the five senses, but with senses, you know, uh, like we have a sense of balance as well. We have a sense of trajectory. If I throw something towards you, you won't go where I left my hand. You'll go to where it is going to be. Um, and, and just playing with all those kinds of things as well at the same time. I don't know. It, it would be a good thing. And I think this is where you're kind of leading with your questions. Um, to, to, for people who experience someone with this, to maybe just uh, be inquisitive about it, you know, on certain levels. And it's not something that's, it's not like saying, oh, you got that big zit on your face. Although if I do have like a piece of smudge on my tooth, I would like you to say that. 
I do that to other people and they seem to be grateful for it. But I don't know what, you know, because sometimes I go in the bathroom. I'm like, God damn it, I had that piece of smush. My fly was open for two classes. What the, come on, a little help here. Turn me a damn bone. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, <laughs> kind of going back to, like, the aspect that obviously kind of you're dealing with it in adulthood now. So, from childhood to adulthood mm. and beyond, what do you think... How do you think the challenges differ? What kind of transition do you think you make? All right, yeah. <clears throat> well, and this again is without me knowing that, that I had it. But um, once like adulthood came, like again, it's with being literal. And mm. like when up until 18, I really didn't even see myself as having any responsibilities whatsoever, you know. But once adulthood came, I think there was part of me that said, okay, there are things that are different. There are things that... Um, I need to get my shit together about. No one else is going to be doing it, you know. Um, I can't show them my, you know, typical downs face or body and say, look, this is what I am. We know how to deal with someone like that or a broken limb or something. Um, yeah, and it, there was no, I mean, this was a long time ago. There was, they used to lock up people with disabilities, you know. I mean, they had, uh, it was like jails, basically. Um so it, it's there wasn't it, there weren't resources available and I was taught to be kind of self-independent you got a hole in your pants you sew it up yourself kind of a thing so that was that was always part of it but that was a really difficult learning thing it was like stepping over just a cliff or even like the curb onto the street if you're blindfolded and I was one time when it was an amazing birthday and one of the scariest things was I jumped off like 10 centimeters oh okay but because I couldn't feel it, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I was yeah. waving my foot over there and waving my foot over there. And it, it, it wasn't there. Again, I lost my train of thought on that. Yeah, that's no, so. absolutely cool. So, almost, <laughs> what do you think I'm talking, say, as a society, maybe even from what governments could do, what could we do to educate ourselves and understand better what Asperger's is and how we can support those who are dealing with it. That's a really, that's a really, I like that, uh, that direction. It's very positive. And I think hopefully maybe Biden will do something with this. I think that people with Asperger's are a great resource. A lot of us, I'm sure a higher percentage than normal, are single or divorced or whatever, you know, because it's hard to live with us. We're very picky. We're very um, opinionated. Um, we're, like emotional emotionlessly kind and generous to a fault like I'd give you the shirt off my back I'm sure a lot of them would too the practical logical part of it is is brilliant but the some of the literal nitpicky kind of stuff is uh could be taxing and speaking of taxing taxes I mean we, we usually have a like the high functioning the aspies um there's a certain creative twist that I think is missing in society with all the new blogs and all the new videos and all the, the new technology. It always, I look at a lot of it and see a really neurotypical twist to it. Whereas if you look at it from another person's point of view or another, I don't know, it's like the, the outside of a sphere. There's so many ways you can attack it. And I think it's all been attacked from this hemisphere a bit more. And a few shots from the other one could benefit society uh, as a whole. I think a lot of people, it, there's a bunch of people with uh, on the spectrum, like yeah, sure. uh, millions, maybe 10 million, 20 million in the United States alone. Um, and a lot of people really don't know. I'm on the support groups and I don't know how to help me with this. I don't know their own children. 
or their neighbor's kids or their stepdaughter or something like that. That's what I do on my weekends a lot of the time is I'm okay. just like, I used to be a therapist and I was a behavior specialist for a while too. Um, write the plans and work with the families on how to do certain things. People with like uh, nonverbal people have uh, obviously different challenges as well. Some non-ambulatory would have their own issues, um, the, the, the spectrum. But having it be more in, what was that? I guess there is some like Netflix is popping through with a few things that have it in there. I wouldn't mind it. And that's another thing. We never, we're, we're not the hero-y type. I mean, there's like Greta Thunberg who gets a lot of attention, but it's not because of her Asperger's. It's because yeah, of, yeah. she takes that focus, you know? Like when you have that focus and you just get into one specific thing, um, that's a good thing. Educate, like watching a movie. There's a woman who basically started the Asperger's power thing. Her name is Temple Grandin. I don't know if you ever heard. No, There's a movie of the same name, Temple Grandin. And, um, you know, like Slaughterhouses? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, she... Uh, Redesign half of the slaughterhouses in the world today are with her design. Um, she's a weird, she had to like it was a boys only. I mean, that's a really weird focus of things to do on, but she uh loved bovine and she respected them even though she ate them. But she would get down on her hands and knees and look at things from their points of view. The way they do this flea dip, it's called, um, would a lot of them would die and they would be uh, panicked and they would crowd up and stuff like that. But that weirdly intelligent kind of thought is a fascinating way that uh, exploit us. There's a lot of people who have amazing skills who are just so socially awkward. You know, I would like to do something like this, but I don't know how they have to set it up. You know? Okay, sure. Um, but the, the, I think the talent is certainly there. And a, a different kind of sensitivity without the emotion. I, I think uh, I would also venture to say that uh, people with Asperger's are less likely to be religious, for example. I uh, see it as a fanciful book of whatevers, but don't bring that into my life because it doesn't do anything. You yeah, know, okay. It actually hurts more than it helps in most cases, in my opinion. Um, well, yeah, dating isn't really a big thing. Uh, fashion, you know, it's just kind of like what... You know when the, a sports person, they're in the groove. He hits yes. like five threes in a row. He can't miss. Yeah. There are ways that we can almost harness that, where we can just basically live that. And I think that would be something worth aspiring to. And I think with the help of people with Asperger's, it would be more likely because that's enough outside of the box, you know, that it certainly couldn't hurt to go with that. Right, okay. Because there are feelings, we all know that feeling. It's just a fantastic, wonderful feeling. And a lot of people, that's what they live their lives for, it seems. Yeah, Those kind of perfect moments. For one, it's a shame to have people on earth not experience those, you know? I mean, you're only here for an infinitesimally yeah, small amount compared to before and after. Yeah. We're just the, the speck. Um, but yeah, that that could be the Temple Grandin thing. There's um, the, the movie, uh, Carly Fleshman uh, is a woman from uh, Canada who, um, she has the first uh, Asperger-centric well, it's she, she's the first non-vocal talk show host. Mm. She has things uh, on her computer that she already put in, and she has some some guests, some kind of famous. I don't know who they are, but like hunky actor guys on her. Right, her her show is called Carly's Voice. It's on YouTube as well. Mm. Um, check that out. Her she has uh, more of a speech impediment, so it's very difficult for her to get out sentences. That's why she uses a computer. But you'll see, and you check it out. She's very sassy. Like, she'll tell 
like this celebrity guy to take off his shirt and I don't know. I mean, it, it's not something you expect. You know, if you see someone kind of crumpled up in a wheelchair, yeah, you want to say, "Hey, blow me" or something like that, or you know, yeah. But, um, but yeah, and that's another thing too. There's there's a lot more to it than just the simple label. Yeah, of course. Okay, I think you definitely shed some fascinating insight there. I'm almost coming towards like the end of our conversation. You've mentioned support groups that you're on. Um, are there any support groups, any resources, anything you'd suggest for anybody looking at getting more information on Asperger's? Um, what would you recommend them to go to if they want to get more information? What would you suggest? There are a lot of really good YouTube um, videos on um, a coworker has uh, Asperger's, what should I do? Or um, I think I might have. Which yeah, a lot sure. of more people are going to be doing that the more they hear about it. And they'll say, I have symptoms too. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's, that's another thing too. Like the cards of emotion and um, intricacies of every human being are really interwoven as far as everybody has some anxiety. Everybody has some um, awkward times in their lives. Uh, it's just a matter of the intensity and like the, uh, the psychological seizures that are the, the extreme part of it. But hopefully that connected, uh, common emotions that we have would be more than enough to bridge yeah, uh, sure. whatever it takes. The Asperger support groups on Facebook rock. They're really good. Um, yeah, I would say uh, for me, I just, I'm lazy. So I do YouTube and Facebook. Um, but there, there are so many good resources. Uh, Temple Grandin has a number of books, which is not a good way to put it. I don't know the precise number, but she has yeah, sure. uh, more than a few. But, and, and for uh, learning about the situation, and her life was quite quite amazing. Um, and yeah, just Google around. That's what I do with some of this stuff too, but there's really important. And it's really, um, for me, like I almost never cry. I didn't cry when people die I know and stuff like that and I don't really miss people and stuff like that there's another emotional part yeah, sure. I, I understand and I I they mean a lot to me but it's not you know I feel more emotional honestly for animals if I see a cat being tortured mm. that will get me going more than oh grandma died well okay she right, was, okay. you know that kind of thing yeah. um, oh shoot I was leading up to one thing that I wanted to say and I didn't darn it the emotion thing that I Oh, all right. Well, um, there's there's tons of that. I uh... yeah, no worries. If sure. It, if obviously comes back to you, then yeah, feel free to shout. Right. But yeah, man. So yeah, so yeah. Thank you very much. I think <laughs> you shared some great insight here. Um, cool. definitely, it's good <clears throat> to talk about resources that are available and also how we can deal with, say, for example, coworkers, friends, family members who also kind of have these conditions and it's something obviously that you're very passionate about so I'm very grateful that you've come on today to discuss this and hopefully we can get this message out there we can raise awareness far and wide as you've said either via these support groups on social media and beyond and hopefully we all get a greater understanding so thank you very much David. No thanks for having me appreciate it. Cheers. Cool. <laughs>